Welcome to the Gods to Ghost Volleyball Podcast and your host, Scott Bemke, for part one of our interview with Dennis Hare. Over his beach career, Dennis won six Opens, including the 1976 Hermosa Beach Open and also the 1977 Northern California Beach Championship held at Capitola Beach. He also was inducted into the prestigious California Beach Volleyball Association Hall of Fame in 2006. Before we get started with Dennis's part one interview, for those of you who don't know, Dennis has been battling Parkinson's for a number of years and for the most part kicking its butt just like he did on the volleyball court thanks to his indomitable will, spirit, sense of humor, and his amazing wife and life partner, Barbara. With that being said, there are occasional moments during the interview where Dennis's replies are maybe a step or two behind, not unlike the defenders who had to try to pick up his infamous waterfall dink back during his playing days. With that being said, it was a true honor to interview Dennis, and I want to give a big thanks to his wife, Barbara, and also to Digger Graybill for making this happen. Let's get started with Dennis part one. This is some great stuff. Dennis here. Thanks for taking the time to speak with me today for uh, our opening question. Interested to hear about your background, where you grew up, your family, home life, and then uh, I heard in high school you were quite the athlete. So let's take it from uh, from the start, Dennis. Okay. Well, thank you very much. We lived. Uh, my parents and we we lived in Culver City until I was about five years old, and then because it's just who wants to live in this traffic environment sure part of uh living in uh, southern california living in la so the place that we uh, moved to was a little town called yukaipa and uh my dad who was a very very great athlete i felt he was on the tennis team at oklahoma which i think is if you can do that it's pretty good yeah, he was playing tennis for the Sooners in the Midwest? Yes. Uh, wow. I, I think they beat Wisconsin pretty easily. <laughs> you had to get that one in. I, I Coming out swinging. That, that happened. <laughs> so anyway, we got, uh, we moved out here to Yukaipa, and uh, my my dad saw that there was no, no instru- there was no Little League. So my dad organized the whole thing and put together the Little League for the city and the town, which was quite an undertaking, but he had, you know, they supported me so much, my mom and my dad, I had a sister, and uh, they just were at every game, and it was really neat. So your dad got the baseball started there, and you became a pretty good player with that. Um, You also uh, 
you competed in basketball too in the area and were were strong in that sport as well. Was that correct? Oh, I was a legend in that thing. <laughs> Freaking legend. I averaged 27 uh, a night, 27 points a night. I was all uh, league, first team, most valuable player. I made an honorable mention All-American, all CIF, first team. We played against, uh, we actually got to play against uh, Alcindor. Oh, wow. That must have been something. Yeah, it was something. You know, it wasn't a game, really, but they uh, <laughs> put their second team in. But anyway, I, I played. What position? I was a forward center, see, so I could I could draw the, the center out further than he was comfortable with. Sure. And I could make the 15-footer like it was nothing, trying to keep the ball away from me. And it did, and I scored like maybe 15 points, 16 points. By the halftime. First time I saw volleyball was in a gym and it was like raining so unbelievably hard. And I hated it because that was volleyball time. We had 20 people on the side and they'd issue out gloves where you catch the ball and throw it over. <laughs> Real lot of fun. So I used to hate that. But that was the first time I ever knew that there was a volleyball. And was that during high school that you were first exposed to it then, with uh, that jungle ball, as we like to call it? Jungle ball, yeah, high school. Okay. That's the first... Uh, Exposure yeah. to it, and it wasn't exactly uh, your cup of tea. You would have rather been outside rather than inside. <laughs> because, I mean, well, exactly. Anything. I remember, uh, oh, they had a, we're getting ready to go out on the court, and... Uh, the guy said, okay, Air, you're, uh, you're out there. And I got so excited because this was like my sophomore freshman year. I got so excited, I just ran out on the court. Didn't take my warm-ups off or anything. <laughs> I, I just started playing. I you know, waving my hands and, and all kinds of stuff. Uh, so that, that, that kind of was the essence of uh, my first encounter with volleyball and my basketball. When was the, was the, when you were wearing your warm ups? Was that for volleyball or was that for basketball or for what? No, for uh, basketball. Yeah, you were ready to go like a little kid, you know, getting called up to the big leagues. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. That summer, I didn't have anything to do really. It was just kind of lazy. So I go down to the beach and I'm laying on the sand there trying to catch a tan and. Uh, was this when you were at San Diego State then later? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So uh, I hear this. I hear these guys hitting the, hitting the ball back and forth. And I look over and it's, these guys were touching the ball for volleyball. And uh, there was three of them. So I said, hey, shoot, damn, I, I could probably play with them. <laughs> so I got up, I walked over, and I said, hi, guys. Uh, you need a fourth? And they go, no, we're waiting for somebody else. And uh, are you rated? And I said, well, what's that? <laughs> and they go, you have to, this is a rated court. If you don't have a rating, you can't play here. I said, well, it's better than not playing at all. <laughs> there you go. Good comeback. Yeah. So. Uh, Did they let I you play, Dennis? No, 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 no. They kicked me off. 
<laughs> I think we've all had those instances. It's good oh, to know yeah. even uh, future CBVA Hall of Famers got sand kicked in their face from time to time too when they oh, started yeah. out. Not just us chumps from the Midwest. So you yeah. didn't let that discourage you, huh? No, no, not at all. I pissed me off. <laughs> that guy motivated. Did you ever see him again down the road when you were better and just thump him like oh, laying no, eight old? Yeah, I have a story later on. I'll tell you about that. Okay, great. About these three guys, these wimps. <laughs> but, um, so I moved from I moved back to my house where my parents lived. And that was in Yakaipa, correct? Yeah, an hour and a half away from there. And so I drive all night, actually, to Yakaipa. Mm-hmm. Get everything squared away for the day, and then drive back to the beach play all day long until about four or five drive home for dinner do the same thing for one whole summer oh, and i started started looking pretty good and which beach was it that you played at there uh dennis in san diego oh ocean beach okay all right yeah and but i always felt that it was easier to uh, go up to hit about i was uh, picked up hitting really fast. I think that impressed a lot of people that I could hit the ball. Of course, I couldn't pass it or set it, set it but I could sure hit it. Because that has the timing of a basketball jumping up and catching a ball at its peak. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was something that I excelled at, which was really fun. Plus, it probably felt pretty good when you started hitting a couple of those balls and bouncing them in the sand if that's how it was oh, for yeah. me. <laughs> it's like dunking a basketball almost. Pretty, I would imagine. Yeah. Not that I ever have, except on Earth Hoop. But. Yeah, also, but the real uh, hootie tootie type of place. You know, like you, there's one court, and everybody wanted to posture and give it their best. They saw that the games were quite uh, competitive, and, but there were also uh, shows. The character of somebody, somebody you can tell with volleyball, especially when it's two on two. Mm-hmm. As far as like their attitude or how they treat people or other exactly. players. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I saw many a time where uh, kids would go, oh, "I'm up," and then and the locals would go, "Where's your signature?" I said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, I signed up an hour ago." I said, "Well, you're you're." You're not one of the people here, so you got to go. So and that used to really make me mad. Do you think that influenced you as far as, uh, you know, like I've, I mentioned to you, from by all accounts, everyone that I've talked to always says that, you know, aside from how talented you, you were as a player, you were also one of the, the quote-unquote nice guys. No one has a bad word to say about you. Do you think that made an impression on you to be the, just the opposite of those type of guys that were acting like that? Well, you can only be yourself, and that's exactly what you want is to be yourself. Good point. And I've always uh, enjoyed uh, helping other people because you know, I, I was given so much help. Yeah, it was just, and it was a lot of fun. And, and uh, people used to be nice to me. Mm-hmm. It's because I would play with them. They go, God, Dennis is going to play with this person over here. I couldn't play at all. But I felt if the ball crossed the net, you had to do something with it. So if it was a bad pass, you'd have to run after it. Yep. 
you know, so that really helped in my game was that, that you, you go all out all the time. Right. When you're playing. That was a lot of fun for me. And this was all at Ocean Beach you're talking about too, correct? That was where you cut your teeth, so to speak? Yeah, it was Ocean Beach and Laguna. In Laguna too, okay, yeah, and that deep sand. Yeah, the deep sand there. And this is also where I saw Mutt and Jeff, two little jerks. Mutt? They they told me that I couldn't play. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, come on, guys, get up here, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to get to that story, Mutt and Jeff. Priceless. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be fun. I hope someday those guys, if they will listen to this and go, geez. <laughs> they'll, uh, oh, I think so. I think they're too embarrassed to ever come back there. <laughs> yeah. I just had a big whip, and I whipped their butts until they moved. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Good job. Oh, my goodness. That's pretty funny. So, no, you were at uh, San Diego State. Uh, for college, you were there playing sports, were too, were you not? Um, were you playing basketball yeah. and baseball for them, or? Well, uh, baseball, I was supposed. I was a pretty, I was a pitcher, I was a pretty good player, and practice started at three o'clock, and I was always be late. Uh, I'd be hitting the volleyball with this guy named Duncan McFarland, who ended up playing on the U.S. national team. Oh, Tremendous sure. Play. We hit the ball back and forth. And and coach came by, walked by, and he saw us out there. And he said, "Hair, you ought to stick with volleyball. <laughs> better in volleyball than you do." And, wasn't know. wasn't Duncan McFarland uh, like the MVP of the '73 yeah. championship that they won that year with Chris Marlowe and all those talented guys? Yeah, exactly. Very cool. Yeah. Very yeah, go figure. I can't remember my mom's birthday, but I can remember <laughs> the year the uh, San Diego. That's not a good sign. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got I got my work cut out for me. Uh, uh, so yeah, that was uh, they. They were a pretty magical team. I think they upset UCLA after, or or something like that. I if my memory serves me right, I think Tom Shamalis was on that UCLA team. Jim Mingus. That was an upset for them. And then once San Diego State came back and beat them, um, they were playing with house money and they took it to the house and won that championship. So uh, they were a scrappy team by all accounts. But well, yeah. yeah. So you were playing with him, so that was a pretty pretty talented guy, uh, guy to be playing with uh, already. Well, and just the same with me. I mean, he, he was a total beginner. I was a total beginner, so it matched up good. And we, we both quickly rose to playing ability because mm-hmm. we played every day, and we were, we were talented. We had talent. Duncan had great talent. I had some, some, some talent. And... So yeah, the coach. Um, did did the coach see you at the beach, or did the coach see you like in the gym at um, at San Diego State when you weren't uh, when you were playing volleyball? And said, the baseball coach just said, "Just stick to volleyball." <laughs> there was another a gym there called Peterson Gym. Okay. And we used to play there, and he saw me play there, and asked about if I was, you know, I got my one A, I was drafted, which is a whole other. Story. Coach sees that and he says, "Hey, you should stick to volleyball and then to your baseball career and right then and there, or what?" Yeah, 
Yeah, well, I think once that volleyball gets in your blood, everything else goes out the window, it seems like. It seems to be the general consensus. Highly addictive game. I mean, first of all, you're playing outside in the sand. Mm-hmm. You know, and you've got all these girls watching you play. And you can go... Women. Yeah, exactly. You can go... Uh, clean up in the ocean and jump in the water after you played some great games all day there's like you can't beat that oh feeling. yeah the women were, were there in the middle of the afternoon because the guys wouldn't let them play during the, the big competitive uh, time so mornings were big time for the players and late afternoon so the women would get there and wait most of the day and play and see I was willing to play with them and uh they used to love that. Where's Dennis? He'll play with you. <laughs> so, and it was fun. We'd go out and have some beers and come back the next day. Yeah, I, uh, when I interviewed George Stepanoff, who's what a class act that man is. He, I know, oh. was from that area down there. And I got a, a better taste of the whole um, San Diego, uh, you know, Ocean Beach area and the players there so um it's neat to hear from your perspective too um you know coming up through the ranks so to speak and learning the sport down in that area yeah uh did you play indoors at san diego state at all um or were you i mean i know it became an nca sport in 1970 but did they have like a club like a usvba club team like you know teams like ucla and and stuff did or no no see i was uh Six foot two, which is the wrong size to be as an indoor player because you're you're either the setter or the uh, an outside hitter. Mm-hmm. And so I was better suited to play um, outside hitter. Yes. And uh, so I was never going to make it as a. Plus, I didn't like being indoors. <laughs> I can't blame you. Just like in high school, <laughs> when it rained. Of course, of course. Yeah. Who would rather be indoors? But see, Duncan was a designated indoor player. Mm-hmm. And they had a few other ones. Chris Marlowe, indoor. And uh, I played indoor for a while, but I just, I just didn't like it. And our coach, Jack Henn, who was an Olympic player, a great player, yeah, he recently passed away, too, I think I, I heard. That was kind of sad. Yeah. yeah, he did. But he always expected you to know what you did, which wasn't fair, because uh, I had just uh, just learning the sport. Yeah, and primarily learning it on the beach. So you had to, yeah, you were uh, a couple chapters behind some of the other guys then, basically, is what it sounds like if you wanted to do the indoor thing. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, this is how I got my AAA. It was unbelievable. Yeah, let's hear it. I always like hearing those stories because that was such a big accomplishment back there, working up your way through the ranks because you had oh, to get some it. good wins against some really great players that you probably looked up to or and at one point when you started out never thought you'd be able to beat, and then when you do, it's like winning the lottery, I would imagine, Dennis. I'm still looking for those three little bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they were like turtles. <laughs> well, that's right. They, they, they hustled out of there quick. They, they didn't they want to deal with the rabbit. Trouble. But 
But uh, we were playing uh, Larry Renville and Mike Bright for, for third place. Boy, that's two two uh, two big names right there. That's uh, oh yeah, my idol was Run Rundle. Yeah, you're not and the only played, one. Uh, we played Langen von Hagen in the finals, and they beat us pretty bad. But you you made it past uh, Bright and Run uh, Rundle. Then you're tell is what you're telling me, huh? Yes, and that's where I got my my gig from, which was Larry Rundle. Oh, I copied wow. his. Shot, and you that you were play. Who were you playing with in that tournament? Was it with that you made it to the? Fu- he had a lot of really really great shots too. Like, yeah, wow, to beat Bright and Rundle, that was. I bet you had a big. You were grinning ear to ear right then and there. I didn't sleep at all that night. I stayed <laughs> awake. You're because you were so electrified, or because you were still all partying. Electrified. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, you've been doing great. These are great stories, and you're and I love it when you get your funny, like little uh, witty comments in and make people laugh. I love that stuff. You know who really yeah. loves that kind of stuff is guys like Rich Raffaro. He likes it when people are real about stuff. He told me to get more real stuff. So you're delivering the goods today, Rabbit. Keep it up. Hey, all right, I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I got the, I, I got the stories. I got. So many more stories. It was Mike Carey that I played with. Oh, okay. Yeah, Mike Carey. Um, yep. I, I've heard, yeah, I think in 75, you guys had a really good run when Mengus and Lee were just, you know, unstoppable. But you guys were really good and like, in the finals pretty much almost all the time with them. You had a great summer that year from what I've, I've heard from people. You and Carey were a, a tough out. Oh, I've seen pictures of him. He could really jump. Yes, he's like Toshi Toyota. And I heard he was kind of an eclectic guy, too, and an interesting character, too. And he didn't really play much outside of that area. He'd play at, you know, Laguna and and what have you, but not, you know, travel up and down the coast. But he was a talented guy, but maybe not as committed to it as much as some of you guys. You depicted that perfectly, perfectly. Uh, how he was. He had an animal farm. <laughs> he had, uh, dangerous lizards that could kill you. Jeez. Get away from his little pet farm. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't. It wasn't one that you wanted to go visit. Maybe send Vogie. No, hell no. Maybe send Vogie up there. Tell him there's free beer. <laughs> oh, Vogie! You know the whole thing with Vogie is that if you if you start a conversation with him, you're going to get sandblasted. So you got to just not say anything to him, and then he'll go away. Oh yeah, he's uh, he is. I, a, I I spent a lot of time with Vogie. I like Vogie. Yeah, he's he a character. Like it is. Sometimes it's not truthful, but yeah, that's where Vogie was. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to say anything. It like goes without say, you know. 
Vogi, uh, I remember Vogi one time on the phone told me, uh, you know, I asked him, did you do that, Vogi? He goes, well, can you keep a secret? And I go, yeah. You know, like a little kid all excited, like what he's going to tell me. And he goes, so can I. <laughs> so he wouldn't tell me, you know. That's what he would say, like if if he did really touch the net or if the ball really was out or you know, whatever the case might be, um, the ref would ask him, go, Bogey, be honest with me, tell me what happened. And Bogey would say, well, ref, can you keep a secret? Yeah, so can I. And he would walk away and not do it. You know, it's just, uh, he's just one of a kind. What a character, you know. I could only imagine what it would be like back in the day with him at the beach. I've heard the stories that uh, he just, you know, he could drive people nuts, but he was also fascinating, too, by the same token. Yeah, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would love to make a movie someday. Yeah, that's it. I mean, uh, that's what that what's the best. It's it's long overdue. Did, did you surf, Dennis? You know, I never really surfed. I did have a couple of surfing stories, but I never got into it very much. Yeah, well, the reason that I ask is there was a documentary done, I don't know, maybe a decade ago or so, um, called Riding Giants. That documentary. Yeah, and it about the history of the sport, and it starts out, you know, where it began, and then, you know, in the fifties and sixties with the the Mickey Doras and the Greg Knowles and you know Pipeline and all that fun stuff, and then it comes all the way up to, you know, where the sport is today with these guys riding those huge waves at Jaws and Maui and what have you. And I just thought that was really neat. And we need to do a documentary on this sport, you know, taking it from the 50s when Manny Sines played and Bernie and Gene and the Shargo brothers um, in, you know, then the 60s and the 70s, you know, when it was because it, then it got all the TV exposure and the media coverage. So all the guys in the 80s on, you know, that was great. But I just think it'd be important to capture that 50s through the late 70s or early 80s type thing. Up through kind of like Mangus and Lee before like the sport got big with TVs. Just so that you guys can have your day in the sun. And that's kind of what's become my passion now is to to capture that any way that I can. So that you guys... Well, I really didn't get, think- that, those were the golden years, um, you know, where you played at the beach, where you went to, instead of traveling to Tennessee or... Yeah, and playing in a parking lot. And, uh, yeah, right. It's kind of weird to me that they set it up now in, you know, stadiums or what have you. It just got away from everything that was beautiful about it, you know? Like, um, it just lost its soul in my in my book. I hate to say it, but really lost a lot of it when they and it really took away from watching and looking at the sport as I remember Laguna Beach when I was first going down there and how riveting and how exciting it was to see because you're right there within 12 feet of the best players in the world mm-hmm. this wraps up part one of our interview with Dennis Hare thanks for listening Before I let you go, I want to give credit to the musicians that we use for all of our podcasts. The intro song is from the band Sponge. The song title is Rainin' off the album Rotting Pinata. The closing track is from the band Magna Carta Cartel. Song title is That It's Already Too Late 
off the album Good Morning Restrained. Thanks. Talk soon. Yeah.